0: All right, if you have your Bible, turn over to Matthew chapter 5. We're in this series that um, we're calling Blessed. Somebody say blessed. Blessed. It may be, as Pastor said earlier, yucky outside, but we are a blessed people because of Jesus. And we've been on this beautiful journey the last couple of months in this series, but it's gonna take us through the majority of the year as we're looking, we're doing a deep dive in what is the famous Sermon on the Mount. And again, which is found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And we've, we've kicked it off right here with the Beatitudes, which are those blessed are you statements. I'll, I'll read a few if you have your Bible there. These are on the screen. I'm going to throw this out quickly to you because we want to really dive into the seventh Beatitude today. But Pastor started it off a couple months ago. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are they, and Pastor Summer, again, just last week, are the pure in heart. And then today, blessed are the peacekeepers. Come on, somebody say peacekeepers. And of course, every one of the blessings ends with a promise. And so when you're blessed, when you do it, it ends with a promise and a reward from God. But here's the deal. Beyond just these amazing statements, which are the characteristics of Christ that he wants us to live, what we've got to recognize and understand is Jesus saying, I want this to be your new normal way that you operate in life. I want you to to live this way. Come on, I know when you hear the words new normal, it just takes you back to 2020 a little bit, but But Jesus is saying to this Jewish crowd, because this was radical what he was saying, but yet they were drawn in to what he was talking about because of the life on it. And us today, he's saying, I want you to live this way. And when you live this way, you look like me. And the icing on the cake, the bonus is when you look like Jesus and you live out these beautiful beatitudes, the bonus is you're blessed. You're blessed and I remind you, that word there is happy, like that deep, deep down joy that is fortunate and also highly favored. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Yes. And you know, this, this has been a, a, a powerful series, but it's been a challenging one. I, I was recently um, at, at the gym. You can tell that I go there all the time. And uh, it was one of my occasional visits uh, I mean, I need to. I pay for the thing every month. So I was there with my son, and a church member came up, and we were just talking. He's like, Pastor Chris, this blessed series. Didn't, he said, it doesn't matter who's talking. And, you know, he was drenched in sweat. He was getting ready to leave. I was coming in. And, uh, and and I thought he was talking about the workout. He's like, it's a good deep hurt. This He said, this series is a good deep hurt. And, and, the, and the reason that is, is because we're being confronted with the truth of God. And we're having to examine the way we live life, the way we do life compared to what Jesus is saying. And we're having to realign some things and we're having to repent of some things so that we can live like Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's the goal, right? So that we can look like Jesus. And so it's, it's been so powerful. And it's, when it comes to this beatitude, this is the one that can really kind of mess with us. And, and you're like, well, all of them have been messing with me. But, but this is the one that affects us because it's more than just me and my walk with God. Let's look at it together. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. If you don't have it, it's right here on the screen. Blessed, come on, can we read together? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. They will be called the children of God. You know, the Beatitudes... Uh, the one through six can be more introspective. They, 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 they're challenging, but they're more introspective. And, and you don't know how I'm processing, and I don't know how you're processing, but the seventh and eighth beatitude, and we'll hear the eighth one next week, the seventh beatitude, it, it challenges us because it's more than just us. You might know what I'm talking about. To be a peacemaker, it involves others around you. It involves more than just me and my personal walk with God. It involves people. Come on, the, the people that we interact with in our, in our everyday traffic patterns, at work, at home. Uh, the people that, we, that God has placed in our lives that might be strangers on those occasional visits to wherever we go. Maybe even the people that you're sitting with right here in this room. Family. Family. Family, because I tell you what, that's where peacemaking starts, is at home. People, here's what we got to recognize about people peacemaking is all about people, and come on, people are everywhere. People are everywhere. I want to read the same verse to you out of the Amplified. I love the Amplified. Amplified says this Blessed, which is spiritually calm with life, joy, and God's favor. Blessed are the makers and maintainers of peace. For they will express his character and be called sons of God. Here's the thing about this. All the other Beatitudes that we've been looking at, they produce a supernatural blessing, as I said, and a reward from God. This Beatitude brings the blessings and the reward of God, but it also determines a reputation with people. And here's here's what we know about all of us. Anytime, I'll just put me on here. Anytime there's more than me, In the room, there's an opportunity for conflict. You might know what I'm talking about. And for some of us, we have conflict within ourselves. But any time, if we're being real, if there's more than me in the room, it's an opportunity for conflict. And let's just be real. We're all moving at Mach 10. We're going here and there and all over the place. Human beings moving around creates friction. And how many of us agree there's a lot of friction and conflict in the world today, and we need some peacemakers to step up and intervene, amen? There's, there's a lot of people today, I, I read a lot of articles uh, over this week just kind of getting ready for this. There's a lot of people today that would say that peacemaking is just not practical. We're, just, we're so polarized as society, it's not, not just politically, though that is definitely the case. But everything in society, everybody's fighting about everything it feels like. And I would say, yes, in the natural things don't look good. Our world is a mess. And, and things are getting worse by the day. And when we talk about people, come on, people can be like ticking time bombs. Just waiting to, to blow up at, at any given moment. Have you, have you felt it? it just, it's just in the atmosphere doesn't matter where you're at. Somebody might, might drop a telephone and everybody's like, oh, what's going on? You know, somebody might rub shoulders with you and, and, and just there's a friction. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's just out there. I, I, no matter where I've been, if I'm not careful, if we're not careful, the, the anxiety and the, the animosity and the anger that is just in people, it can jump on you real quick if we're not careful. And that's why I will just say this, it may not be practical peacemaking, but that's why we need it so bad today. And I'll just tell you, my Bible and the same Bible you have, our Bible says with God all things are possible. Things look rough, things look dark, but God's calling peacemakers to step into the chaos and bring the shalom of God into those situations. You have that shalom, and it's not just for you, it's for the world. It's for the people in your sphere of influence. It's for your everyday world. You know, it was interesting. I read some, as I said earlier, I was read some articles, Christian and and non-Christian, just about. I I just googled some stuff. People, what, what is going on with the world today? I wanted to hear from from both sides, and and it was interesting as I, I just trying to compound some thoughts. Like, what's what's wrong with the world today? I don't want to throw a few things that just kind of came out to me. Many many people will point to volatile stock markets they'll they'll point to corrupt governments or, or a lack of health care broken families broken marriages broken communities everything broken an employing public school system that is literally collapsing within itself I, I could go on and go on and tell you these things that people were speaking to of what the what is wrong with the world and so what does the world try to do? The world tries to fix the problem by, by actually doing good things. The world tries to do things like, hey, we're going to regulate the market so we can do this. We're, we're going to create new government programs. And I'm kind of like, okay, please don't mess up. What's already a mess? They, they do important things like feeding children. By the way, more kids get their meals from public school today than ever before in American history. Starvation with children in America. They start, we start funding charter schools, which is good. We dig wells like we've been a part of. All these things are good, and it achieves what looks like a type of peace. A type of peace. But how many people know what the world offers, it, it's only temporary. What the world offers is really empty when you come down to it. Because Jesus is the only one that can really solve the world's problems. God was talking to Israel about this with Jeremiah. who's having this conversation. Look right here on the screen. Jeremiah 6, 14 says this. They offer, look at this, words, superficial treatments for people's mortal wound. I don't know about you, but if i got a mortal wound going on, I want the real deal. Give me the stuff that's going to help me. But they offer superficial treatments for for my people's mortal wound. They give assurances of peace, look at this, when there is no peace. Peace, it's it's all the world wants. The peace the world offers is empty. As I said, it will only bring about temporary comfort. Why? Because, listen, the world's peace will never really fix the problem. They, 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 they scratch the surface because it, it never goes to the root issue, church, which is a disease called sin, which is something that only can be healed by Jesus Christ. And so the world scratches, and, and they do good things, but the root of the problem in America, the soul of our nation can only be healed by Jesus, and it can come through the people of God, the people that we call peacemakers. And can I tell you, every one of us, God's called us to be peacemakers. Jesus talked about this peace, and he distinguished the difference between the world's peace and his peace. Look right here, John 14, 27. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Come on, everybody loves gifts. I'm leaving you with a gift, and this is a gift you want. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift, look at this, that the world cannot give. Because the world can't fix this, can't heal this. The soul of a person, the heart of a person, the soul of a nation. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Then he says this, so don't be troubled and afraid. Why? Because I've given you peace. I've I've given you shalom. That's the peace he's talking about here. That Hebrew word shalom. Somebody say shalom. Shalom. Look at the person next to you. Say shalom, baby. Now somebody's like, don't ever call me baby again. Shalom, it's more than just a powerful greeting. It's, it's in the Bible more than 200 times, which tells you it's a big deal to God. Now, listen, the English word peace was, was the chosen word uh, for that translation, but it doesn't even carry the full weight of what shalom means. Right here on the screen, shalom means this, if, if we're just kind of condensing it to one statement here. It means wholeness, well-being, complete reconciliation. And I love this last one, inner rest. Come on, God can give you shalom where you don't have to be restless anymore. He can give you true peace of mind and heart. Anybody interested in some shalom today? Hello. (laughs) Complete wholeness and well-being and rest, peace. All that and more is found in Jesus. And see, listen, the world, it's broken. It's spinning out of control. And people, they're looking, their souls are in constant turmoil, and they're searching for peace. Why? Because what they tried isn't giving it to them. What they've tried hasn't worked. You know why? Because only Jesus's peace can satisfy. Only Jesus's peace can heal. I would, I would submit to you that peace is the most sought-out state of, of being in the world. Everybody's looking, looking for peace, looking for peace. I mean, come on. You Think about like the Miss America pageant. I don't know if they mean it or not, but every time. What do you want to see happen in the world? World peace. <laughs> My mind's going to a movie right now. <laughs> I would say this to you, that probably the most famous, powerful people that you and I could think of, if they don't know Christ, they would probably trade everything in their life to have peace. Because once you got it and you find out that it's a person named Jesus, everything changes. Listen, most of us in the room today, you're Christ followers, you know what I'm talking about. As Christ followers, we have this peace in us. It's operating in our lives. His name is Jesus through his Holy Spirit. And as we submit ourselves to him, it's a byproduct. Or the Bible word there is just the fruit of the Spirit. Peace. Peace in a very crazy, turbulent, chaotic world. You and I can walk in peace. That's his shalom. But can I tell you what? God is calling us to share his shalom with the world. He's calling us, and I know it's scary, but he's calling us into the chaos. And by the way, you never go alone in the chaos. He goes there with you. We're never alone. But look at this. Biblical peacemaking is this. Biblical peacemaking is calling us to walk into the chaos And the conflict to bring, come on, say it with me, shalom. Shalom. To bring that inner rest. Listen, let's let's go real for a moment, right with our own hearts, just like Jesus did for you and I. He stepped into the mess, and he brought me, he brought you real peace. And he's given us that peace, yes, to walk in and operate in our lives, but he's given us that peace to bring it into other people's lives to bring it to where you work, to where you live, that you literally, shalom is not just you and yours, shalom is wherever you go. And you carry that peace, that supernatural peace beyond the words of the definition, you carry that and people see it on you and they feel it from you. And when everybody else is reacting, you're responding in peace. And you might even get scared at times like we all do, but as you put your trust in the Lord, I have to verbalize it to him. God, this is kind of crazy what's going on, but I trust in you. And I'll just start to feel this peace just begin to awaken in my heart again. And we can walk in that peace and be the peacemaker that he's called us to be. Amen? Y'all with me? So let's, let's dive into this a little deeper and, and kind of look at what is a peacemaker and what do peacemakers look like. Well, a peacemaker is this. A peacemaker is one who endeavors to reconcile people who have disagreements, to, to make peace, simply put. Anybody been in some disagreements lately? Hello, somebody. Being a peacemaker means to be a reconciler. Peacemakers in the Bible would step in between two warring parties just like Jesus did for us. He stepped in to the mess and the chaos. If you have your Bible, look over at Romans 5. Let's look at what Jesus did. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, starting at verse... Look down at verse 8. This is a beautiful picture of what Jesus did for us. The ultimate reconciler, peacemaker. It says this but God demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were still sinners come on Christ died for us since we have now been justified by his blood how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him for if we were God's for if while we were God's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Listen, Jesus was the ultimate peacemaker. He made peace between God and man. The chasm was created, not God's fault, man's fault, sin. And Jesus came in and took the death, an innocent man took it from me and you to break the chasm, the separation between man and creator, between our father he reconciled us to the Father. And I love that when you think about the picture of what Jesus did. And Jesus is saying, I want you to be a reconciler in this world. I'll say it to you like this. Don't be an agitator. Be a reconciler. Don't be a reactor. Be a responder. And everybody's running out of the buildings. The first responders are running in. The buildings that are on fire. Now, look, we're not talking about jumping in just like looking for a fight. No, we're talking about people that bring peace into situations. Let me say it to you like this. A peacemaker initiates reconciliation when others have wronged them. And at the same time, a peacemaker is quick to repent when they have wronged others. Can we we stay there just for a moment? we got to see this. So a peacemaker initiates. Somebody say initiates. A peacemaker initiates reconciliation when others have wronged them. Now here's what we got to recognize and understand. Most of us wait for the person to come to us. But a peacemaker says, no, I'm going to you. And it's not to prove them wrong. It's actually not looking at them as wrong. It's looking at the wrong between me and that person, and I want to make that wrong right. I want this relationship to be healed. I don't like what I'm feeling between me and you. I'm sorry for what I've done. So a peacemaker initiates. Let me say it to you like this. A peacemaker makes the first move. Because I'll just tell you this, and we've talked about this before. If you're waiting for people to come to you, they may never come. And what happens is if we're waiting and waiting and waiting, that relationship can rot. Come on, the enemy don't play fair. He puts vain imaginations in our mind. And you start thinking things that actually aren't even true about that person or that couple or whatever it is. Anybody with me? You know what I'm talking about. So, like, peacemakers like, Lord, I don't want to do this. I, I, I don't understand everything. But a peacemaker jumps into the chaos because they love the person. And they want to see the person. Not the person proved wrong. They want to see the wrong made right. Big difference. Don't see the person as your enemy. Look, Don't see the person as wrong. And guess what? The person may be wrong, but let's not make the person be the enemy because an enemy is working in the midst of that. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. And so a peacemaker makes the first move. They initiate reconciliation when others have wronged us, wronged them. And at the same time, come on, a peacemaker is quick to repent. Somebody say quick. Quick to repent. When they've wronged others. And that's tough, especially, you know, and we've talked about this before, like you're married. You know, for me and Lisa, especially in our early years, I, I, I would be so right. I, I, I knew I was, I was right. Everything about what I was saying was right. And somehow I felt so wrong. And you know what? I might have even, even been right, but the way I was handled it was totally wrong. Because what I was doing is like, she needs to repent to me because <laughs> she's wrong. And I'm, I'm, and I'm just telling you, we got to be quick to repent. And I've learned, fellas, listen, listen to me, especially you young married guys. Just go ahead and repent now. Get it out of the way. Make it right with your best friend. Things will go well with you in the world. All right. Your soul will be at peace. Somebody's like, well, I want to be right. Can I just say, let's leave right and wrong down? You can be right and not have many relationships at all. So let's just be real about it. It's not about right or wrong. It's about there is something between me and you, and I want to make it right for healing to take place here. A lot of us have walked away from beautiful friendships, and we never even had the conversations. And God is saying, step into the mess. I know it's hard, but know this. When you step in, I'm stepping right there with you because I am the God of peace. Here's what we got to know about these kinds of situations, be it at work, be whatever, where is family? Of course, crazy family, you know, all kind of family situations. It's not only a shalom in you, the God of peace goes with you. So not only is the shalom in you, literally Jehovah shalom, God, our peace walks with you. Why? Because he is the peacemaker. He's the peacemaker. So so what does a peacemaker look like? And I want to encourage you to take some notes on this and let's see what the Holy Spirit shows you. Number one, peacemakers are risk takers. And somebody's like right now, okay, I'm just going to bow out on this one. Risk takers. Why? Risk equals the chance or possibility of loss or injury. And somebody now you're like, oh, I'm really bowing out. Ain't no way. No, I I can't do that. And listen, I just want to, I just want to, I'm so thankful. Aren't you and I thankful that Jesus didn't bail out on the way to the cross? He was thinking about you and me. The joy that was before him, Hebrews 12 12 tells us. Because of the joy awaiting him, Jesus endured the cross, disregarding his shame. He went all the way for you and me. Why? Because he was a peacemaker, the ultimate peacemaker. And here's the deal. He was also the ultimate risk taker. Somebody's like, what? What what, what do you mean? Listen, look at it like this. An all-knowing God accepted the risk and willingly sent his only son his only son, Jesus, knowing that there would be many who would not believe in his son. Now listen, I'm I'm a dad of three. I got two boys. If I was to give up any of my kids for you, I would make you obey me. (laughs) I'm giving up my son, my flesh and blood. Now, this was his only son. But as he took the ultimate risk, the gamble, that everybody's not going to believe in him. And actually the crowd that was cheering him on and having a pep rally saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, was the same crowd a week later that was saying, crucify him, crucify him. So his own creation was trying to cruci- crucify the creator. So Jesus showed us that even making peace, everybody's not going to buy in. And I'm going to tell him myself a few times here, because I, I used to be this way. The many times we will back away from messy situations that God is calling us into because of the possibility. We back away because of what could happen to me. Like God's like, I need you to get into this. I need you to go there with this family member. I need you to go there with this coworker. I need you to go there with this friend. I, I need you to go in this. I'm asking you. You know there's a fence in your heart. I'm, I'm asking you to go. I'm going to go with you. And we start thinking thoughts like, well, and it's all what if thoughts, you know? What what if they get ugly with me? This is what I used to think. What what if I make things worse? Or what, what if it blows up in my face? Anybody know what I'm talking about? We're just we 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 go down the what if road, backing out of the situation that God is actually calling us into. Remember, peacemakers are risk takers. And so what happens is we we do nothing, and all the while things grow worse inside hearts. And I'm just telling you, by the grace of God and by the strength of the Spirit, we got to be able to step into the mess. Because here's the deal, reconciliation is not only the God, God's heart, it's also what He is asking us to do. And when we step into it, He steps in there with us. Peacemaking, here's what we, we know, peacemaking will not be easy. And And at all times, it it will not be possible. I will say this. I'm a percentage guy. Looking back, because this, man, I went through a movie in my mind of all the conversations, all the stuff. Things that I handled well and things that I handled poorly. And I would say in the conversations that I or Lisa and I went into those, what we will call hard, courageous, God-honoring conversation. I would tell you that 85% of those conversations went really great. I mean, there was tears. It was hard. I had to to deal with some stuff, but we walked out of that room or out of that conversation stronger together. There was healing. We dealt with the wrong that was between us and we moved on. But what about when things don't go well? What, What about when things, when people cut you off? I mean, it hurts, but here's the deal. God is asking us to, number one, be obedient to his word, to be a peacemaker, but also i got to at least try. Jesus did it for me. I've got to be able to go there for this person that I say that I love or this coworker that I know God's put in my life. I've got to be able to go there, number one, for Jesus, and number one, out of the importance of that relationship. Romans 12, 18 puts it like this. Do all that you can Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. One sentence, one verse. And he's saying, listen, do everything that you can to live in peace with everyone. And here's what we have to understand. As a peacemaker, you and I got to be willing to be like Jesus, who put himself out there without a guarantee of a favorable response. but we do it anyway. We do it because we love the Lord and we love this person, we love this coworker, we love this neighbor. And you may not experience, and just like I was saying, you may not experience reconciliation in the moment, but listen, you have no idea when you go there with that person what God is doing in that room and in the hearts of the people in that room. When you follow God, even into the hard stuff, it got quiet up in here at the mill. You know why? Because this happens to all of us. This happens to all of us. It will will be there tomorrow. It will be there next week. Things happen. But it's how we do it, and instead of avoiding it, we dive into it by the grace of God. I'll tell you how in just a moment before we close out. But it's knowing that the God of peace is with us. We're not alone in this. And again, if you can see the person is not the enemy. The enemy. And you're like, well, Pastor Chris, they are the enemy because you don't know what they said and did to me. All I can tell you is what you know. Hurt people hurt people. But healthy whole people can help people. And God wants us to go from hurt to being healthy so that we can help each other out. Amen? James 3.16 says it like this. 3.18, excuse me. And those who are peacemakers will plant. Somebody say plant. Because sometimes you don't see what's going on. Sometimes there's not reconciliation in the moment. We'll plant seeds of peace, and whatever you sow, you're going to reap. We'll plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Amen? So we're planting seeds of peace. We're planting seeds of peace. We're planting seeds of peace. Sometimes things go well. A lot of times things go well. When you go into the hard, courageous conversation and God goes with you, even when things don't go well, God is doing things in the hearts of the people in that conversation and you're planting seeds of peace. You're planting seeds of peace. and Watch what God does over time. So The first thing is we're risk takers. The second thing is peacemakers. What do peacemakers look like? They are active not passive. Somebody say active. It requires effort. Oh my goodness. Energy and work. Now I don't know about you and how you handle it. Maybe some of you are like confrontation kings in the room. You like you get up for the morning, you're like, I just want somebody to confront. Can I just say there's something wrong with your brain if you think that way? I don't know many people. I, I know I don't like the hard conversations, I, but, I, but I know this when you don't look as the person at the enemy, you can look at it differently and walk it out differently. But it takes work. For me, I've lost sleep through the years over it. Um, and and it, you know, you're, you're fighting the what ifs on one side, but also you're like, God, you gotta come through. You gotta come through. Lord, do what only you can do. And so however you're made and wired in that way, it is work. It is effort to be a peacemaker. Peace doesn't just happen. you got to work at it. Look right here on the screen. Hebrews 12 says this. Work. Somebody say work. Work at living in peace with everyone. And work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. That last part there sounds a lot like what Pastor Summer talked about last week for the pure in heart will see God. We gotta work at it. Peace doesn't just happen. Peace, listen to me, church, peacemakers know there is no peace without healing and there is no healing without tough, courageous conversations. You gotta be able to go there, as tough as it is. Peacemakers have to step into it. Listen, peace is not the avoidance of conflict. And I think here's where we really get into it. We confuse peacemaking with peacekeeping. And that's where I was guilty in my years, in my early years of ministry and life, in my 20s and 30s. I just wanted everybody just to get along. Can we all just get along? Anybody ever thought that? Can we just please stink and get along? <laughs> I've heard that in family, big family reunions. I've heard that in situations. You know, you're just you're wanting so bad for people just to be able to get along So what do we do? A peacekeeper literally is like, you just want everyone to stay, everyone okay? Are you okay? Are you happy? Are you okay? Are you happy? Everyone okay? Okay, you're all good? Good, good. Don't move. Don't move. And you get to this point, I don't want to say anything or do anything that will upset anyone. So you're always walking on eggshells. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So we avoid conflict at all costs because we don't want to ruffle any feathers. And again, I'm not talking about you wanting to pick a or jump in it. We shouldn't have that attitude. But we eventually have to go there because we love people. Many people never have the hard conversations because they just want everyone to be happy and get along. And we have this thought, like, I'll just leave it alone so, so we can have peace. And church, I want to tell you, I've learned the hard way. That is not peace. That's a false peace. Because there's things happening Under the surface. All that is doing is sweeping it under the rug. And you've heard the language around here. You sweep it under the rug, it just leads for something for later on the trip over. So a peacekeeper is not truly keeping peace. I have plenty of stories. I'll just share one with you. Many, many years ago, I had a coworker who I became really good friends with. I'm, I'm blessed to tell you that a lot of people that I've worked with have become really good friends with. And many people in my life that have made a, a major God mark in my heart. And uh, this uh, gentleman was uh, just a, became a really good friend. He worked there at the church with us. And he ran the big Family Life Center and all the sports and everything went through it. Just a great guy. Um, but I noticed over time that he had just some anger issues. and We'll, we'll just call him Paul. And, and so... Uh, you know, we'd be on the court playing ball, and he'd give somebody like a, a push, and it wasn't one of those like chest bump things. It was it was like an angry push, and I'd be like, whoa, 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 ha ha. Well, oh my gosh, you're scaring me. You know, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and and what I didn't tell you, this was like a beast of a man, like six four, just a big burly man. And about a year in, he came to me, he's like, hey, Pastor Chris, I, I'd really love to come serve in the youth ministry and help with security. And I'm like, yes, you're, you're awesome. I'd love to have you do that. And there'd be a couple times we'd have some fights break out because we started reaching kids that nobody wanted. And he'd be like, Pastor Chris, I got your back. And I'm like, yes, you do. You got my back, you know? So he was that kind of guy. But I started seeing just this anger and You know, and I'll just, we've said this before, many times the Holy Spirit's voice is like your wife, and Lisa started saying to me, Chris, I think you need to talk to Paul, and I'd be like, oh, uh, okay, you know, and and so I'd be, I'd talk to Paul over coffee, like, hey, man, I mean, but I, I never really went there, anybody know what I'm talking about, I like, I, I hit on the things like, hey, man, you know, like I, I see you in court. Like, uh, I'm a little scared of you when we're playing together. And I, 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 was, I was playing it shallow. I was playing it safe. Well, time went on, and, and I knew the Lord was telling me I need to speak into Paul's life. I needed to go there with him because I loved him as a brother. We were doing life together. He was on the same team as us. And uh, we had a foot, big football game, youth leaders versus all the high schoolers. And it was going really great. But, you know, young people, they get, and adults, but young people get really competitive. And so the quarterback, man, he had such a strong arm. He was having a great game, me. And I was throwing the ball and just threw it out there. And this teenager, this teenager caught it. He was one of the older guys, not in the youth ministry, but he was still a teenager, like 19 helping. And, and he did this big dance right, right in front of Paul. And you ever like wanted to stop time and like all this going on? And Paul takes a swing at him. And I was like, oh, Lord. (laughs) And then he just jumps on the ground and starts pounding him. And I'm like, this is a horror movie. So we got him off, and the young person was in shock that this was even happening. Everybody was just staring at it. And then, of course, everybody looks at the leader. And so I'm just like, what in the world is happening? Long story short, uh, Paul got fired because of what happened and not, not me I was, uh, but the, the leadership had to fire him because of what took place and I was just fighting through some things and of course I look at it now hindsight twenty twenty, right but I learned from some things and he cut me and Lisa off completely saying some horrible things about us gone he moved up north lost relationship I tried to meet with him a couple of times he refused to meet with me and Ten years after that, we got an email from Paul, repenting to us. Not that he had to, but repenting to us and like, hey, Pastor Chris, I said some awful things about you and Lisa and the church. Um, I'm asking you to re- just to forgive me, and um, I've gone through counseling. I've gotten healing in my life. I have rage issues going all the way back to my childhood, my father who abused us. I mean, I didn't know any of that stuff. And church, my point of telling you this story, and the really cool thing is he adopted a few kids, became an awesome father, was serving there in the church, doing great things. And that, that is incredible. But when I look back, I'm like, I could have had a conversation with him. And because I was scared to go there and bring peace, bring shalom to him, I don't know if it would have happened or not have happened, but at least I know, God, I could have gone there and have it. And I'm just telling you, we gotta go there because we love people. I refuse now to let it just sit there. I refuse to let it just hang there and just like, I know something's there between us, or I see something in my brother's life. I refuse to just ignore it because ignoring it doesn't solve anything. It's not gonna stay calm. Peacekeeping just wants everybody to stay calm. It won't happen. Avoiding it, eventually it will rise up and it will be worse than before. Here's the problem with peacekeeping. Delaying the inevitable always makes things worse. Sarah Anderson said like this. Pretending something doesn't exist is, a strat- is not a strategy for peace. It's a recipe for disaster. And so we got to be a people by the grace of God and by the strength of God To go into it. And let me just tell you, this is what peacemakers are. Peacemakers are brave. Peacemakers are vulnerable. Peacemakers are honest and humble. And when we enter in those tough conversations with whoever it is, guess what? We go in fully prayed up. Don't go into a tough conversation just thinking you got it. Don't go into it winging it. Go in there prayed up. So that Christ will lead through you and not your own flesh. For me and Lisa, we always send people a couple of texts. Hey, will you pray for us? We're going into a hard, courageous conversation. So not only am I prayed up, but I got prayer coverage. And so be prayed up when you go into those conversations. When you go into those conversations, speak with grace, but speak with truth. And no matter what the result is of that conversation... Can I tell you what? Treat that person like you'd want to be treated, with value, with honor, and with love. Amen? Amen. This is what peacemakers do. This is how peacemakers live. This is the way Jesus treats us. He loves us when I get really unlovely. And he goes with us in these conversations. Philippians 4.9 puts it like this. Keep putting into practice. Somebody say practice. There's that action. So it's not just listening. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Action. Look at this. Then the God of peace will be with you. Peacemakers, by the grace of God, courageously step into the hard conversations and the messy situations because they know the God of peace is with them. And because they love that person, and they want to see healing and the bridge rebuilt between them and their relationship. Amen? Before we close, what do peacemakers look like? They look like risk takers. Peacemakers are active, not passive. And finally, and this is my favorite one, maybe because I'm a daddy's boy, but peacemakers resemble their father peacemakers resemble their father. Our heavenly father is the true peacemaker because he sent his son Jesus. And when we go into situations to bring peace, to bring shalom, we look like God's kids. We're called children of God, sons of God, daughters of God. When we live out the life of a peacemaker, Come on, we give the fragrance of heaven, the fragrance of Christ. And people are like, man, there's something different about that guy. Everybody else is reacting. This person is just peace. Because I'm telling you, the shalom of God, you can't keep it inside. It just oozes out of you in your life. You talk peacefully. You walk peacefully. You live peacefully. It's not you. You know it's not you. It is the peace of Jesus in you. And God wants us to bring the shalom of Jesus into our everyday interactions. The way you interact with strangers. The way you interact with your coworkers. I'm telling you, we know this. People are watching. And they see you and they listen to you. The risk and the pain are worth it for that person. For the reconciliation. Jesus thought we were worth it. God the Father thought I was worth it to send his only son, to, to bring peace to the world. Peacemaking is so different today that I'm telling you, you'll stick out on the crowd and people are like, those are, those are God's kids. Those, those, those people are different. You're not stirring things up. You're not burying things under. You're diving in for the sake of reconciliation and healing and peace I just declare all, over all of us that God is calling us to be peacemakers in Jesus name, amen and fear of man, we're just breaking that off us right now in Jesus name the what ifs we just let that stuff go And I know, listen, I know this. I was thinking about it during the 9 a.m. I didn't say it, though. I know that a lot of us have had hard conversations, and the way we were treated was not right. But can I tell you what? Let's treat people the way that we would want to be treated. Let's treat people the way Jesus treats us. Let's forgive those who have wronged us, and let's be the peacemakers that God has called us to be. Amen? I know the chaos is scary. I know things are crazy. But God goes there with us To bring healing. You are the healing hands of the Lord. You are his peacemakers. And God calls us blessed. And we're called children of God. Amen. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're here today. And as I've been bragging on peace this whole time, maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I, I, I need this peace. Well, I, I, I can't even be a peacemaker. I don't even know this peace you're talking about. And maybe you're in the room today and like many of us at one time in our life, you are running from God. And the word I got this morning, just praying and getting ready at the house was just surrender. That for some people in the room today, It's it's just time to surrender. It's it's time to quit running and time just to surrender and fall in the arms of a loving Jesus who will not only bring you peace of mind and heart, but who will save your soul and set you free and give you a purpose and meaning and a real life. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus or you're away from him, and today you would say, Lord, I need to surrender to you. If that's you in this room, you're in a safe space. Can I just ask you, if that's you today, like and I need to surrender my heart to Jesus. I need to come back to him. I've been running my life my way, but today I want to know this peace whose name is Jesus. If that's you, can I just ask you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. Today I need to come to Jesus. Yeah, hands all over. Raise them high so I can see you. Thank you, Lord thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Today, you're raising your hand, but you're acknowledging your heart. Jesus, today, I need you. Jesus, today, I need to surrender my life to you. I've been doing my life my way, and today, I surrender my life to you. For all the hands, for all of us in the room, will you just pray this prayer with me? Say, dear Jesus, I thank you, and I believe that you really lived You really died on the cross, and you really rose from the dead. And right now, I give you my heart. I repent of running my life, my way, and I surrender to you, Jesus. And I make you Lord of my life. You are my king, my God, my savior, and my friend. Help me be all that you've called me to be. And help me be a peacemaker in this world. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. Come on, can we thank Jesus right now? Thank you, Lord. Listen, many hands went up. Praise God, that's awesome. Can I just tell you, and I saw all of you, and I couldn't count them all, but I know we got people counting, but here's the deal. You just made the most important decision of your life. And what you want to do when you make a decision for Christ is you want to tell someone. In just a moment, our prayer team will come up here. Pastor Chad's about to close us out. And I just want to encourage you, please take a few moments, come up here, and let the prayer team rejoice with that decision, pray over you, and put some resources in your hands so you can move forward with God. And I want to pray for everybody. Father, I thank you that you've called us to be peacemakers. I thank you in Jesus' name. Lord God, what you've called us to do, you will equip us to walk it out. And so, Father, we give you the fears. We give you the what-ifs. We give you the upcoming conversations. And we thank you, Lord, that we're never alone that you walk with us, that you go before us, that you go into the tough conversations, that you are the reconciler to bring reconciliation in the world through us. So Lord, I bless my friends and those watching online and I just declare over you peacemakers, healing hands, reconcilers. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do through the peacemakers in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, church. God bless you guys.